0: Welcome to the Book of Medora podcast. It's the podcast where we discuss the lore of the Legend of Zelda series. My name is Crystal, and with me is Monica. Hello. And Cameron. Hi. Today we are here to talk about the most important game in the Legend of Zelda series, The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword. Yeah. Skyward Sword is a great game. Skyward Sword is one of the best games ever made, Uh, and we, we have actually talked a lot about this game already because the lore of this game colors every other game in the series so much that you can't not talk about it.
1: Yeah, for lore I definitely agree. It is the most important game.
0: They had to really
2: try to make something more foundational to the setting than Ocarina of Time was but they went
0: for it and they did it. This game is also somewhat of a precursor to Breath of the Wild.
1: Yeah, the more I'm replaying the game right now and The more I dive into it, the more I go, oh, you know, this word here or this design feature here totally influenced Breath of the Wild.
2: You just sort of wish that it played more like Breath of the Wild?
1: Yes. I am hoping for the remake, Skyward Sword of the Wild.
2: When you started your replay, you wanted to play through it on hero mode. But to start a hero mode playthrough, you have to beat the game on its normal mode and then overwrite your save. Mm -hmm. So before you got started at the start of the game, you actually fought the final boss.
1: Yes, that was a little bit challenging.
2: It was interesting watching you do it, though, because you fought him as if you were playing Breath of the Wild.
1: I keep dodging backwards and to the side frequently, and I keep being surprised when that doesn't result in a flurry rush. Her
2: muscle memory has been completely
0: overwritten.
1: I would like there to be flurry rushes.
0: Yeah, although this game is aesthetically and thematically uh, similar to Breath of the Wild, the gameplay is very different because Breath of the Wild is, you know, it's it's not a real Zelda game because it's an it's a open world and it's got shrines instead of dungeons. But this game is very dungeon heavy. It has what some might call the best dungeons in the series. Uh-huh. And the combat is all based on the Wii Motion Plus controls.
1: That was a really controversial decision.
0: It's a decision that has resulted
2: in ups and downs in terms of playing it. For I mean, of they people.
0: couldn't they couldn't not make one of these like no. it's, this is the this is the promise of the Wii delivered
2: five years later. But yeah, it absolutely like this was the Wii game that everyone wanted from the start, and it delivered on all
0: fronts. Yeah, basically. I mean, not yeah. not not perfectly, but yeah has that one-to-one sword movement. Kinda. It's, it's an evolution on Red Steel 2 and Wii Sports Resort. It's interesting because
2: it has one-to-one sword movement for some things, but I think that a lot of the actual sword swings actually involved pre-baked animations. Oh? Oh, yes. It definitely sort of guides it into eight directions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you can get a variance within that, but I don't know if that's due to the way that it's reading the particulars of your swing, or if that's just a random two or three degree difference that can happen whenever you swipe from left to right or up to down or however you please. It's kind of like the Let's Place algorithm. Yeah,
0: a little like the Let's Place algorithm.
1: And this game is number... Three? Five. Five. As of
0: this recording, this is, to our knowledge, the fifth greatest game of all time. Directly above Majora's Mask and directly below Tetris for the Game Boy.
1: I think it's a good placement.
2: It's
0: a pretty auspicious (laughs) uh, place to be.
1: I'd say up until Breath of the Wild, this was my favorite Zelda.
2: Oh. Yeah? It's basically tailor-made for Monica. It's like
1: they read all of the letters that I wrote in.
2: (laughs) Every time she wrote in to uh, review for Club Nintendo.
1: Oh, yeah. All of the surveys that I took, very carefully explaining that I wanted...
0: These things.
1: Yes, certain things.
0: I think this is a top five, Zelda. I wouldn't call it the best. That's fair. Where are your top five? I don't have a top five. (laughs) Monica, what's your top five?
1: Breath of the Wild, Skyward Sword, Wind Waker, and Majora's Mask Tide, and Spirit Tracks? Spirit Tracks and Ocarina of Time are pretty close.
0: For me, it has to be Majora's Mask, A Link to the Past, The Ocarina of Time, Skyward Sword, and Breath of the Wild. Mm. That's a pretty solid top five. I didn't know
2: that you liked Link to the Past that much. It's a very good video game. It is a very fun video game. Is your enjoyment of Link to the Past one of the things that colors how much you
0: enjoy uh, Link Between Worlds? Yeah, my enjoyment of Link to the Past does uh, affect my disappointments in A Link Between Worlds for its uh, somewhat rigid adherence to the formula. It's cowardice. It's cowardice, one might <laughs> say. It's a failure to meaningfully build upon the concepts of A Link to the Past rather than simply recreate them. Mm-hmm. Well, regardless, we're all big fans of Skyward Sword.
1: Yes. Shall well, we dive I- in?
0: Yeah, let's get into it. Oh, should we dive in? Yeah. <laughs> cuz like Link does that cuz yeah, he lives in the down. sky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah okay. Oh, good. I'm gl- I'm glad. We begin with a story of the ancient past because although this is the earliest game in the timeline and was advertised as such below release, they are very clear to immediately establish that there's still thousands and thousands of years of history before this game ever happens. Yes. It's uh, that whole thing about recursive,
2: never-ending antiquity. And it wasn't until, like, a month and a half ago that we discovered, like, oh, they might actually be referring to this period in spirit tracks. So it just goes back forever, basically.
1: Crystal, did you do the honors?
0: The story is narrated by a robotic voice, who you will later discover is the spirit of the goddess sword, Phi. Or some say Phi. Some, like me. Or some say Cosm. (laughs) This is a tale you humans have passed down through uncounted generations. It tells of a war of unmatched scale and ferocity, the likes of which would never be seen again. One dark, fateful day, the earth cracked wide, and malevolent forces rushed forth from the fissure. They mounted a brutal assault upon the surface people, driving the land into deep despair They burnt forest to ash, choked the land's sweet springs, and murdered without hesitation. They did all this in their lust to take the ultimate power protected by her grace, the goddess.
2: The power she guarded was without equal. Handed down by the gods of old, this power gave its holder the means to make any desire a reality. Such was the might of the ultimate power that the Old Ones placed it in the care of the Goddess. To prevent this great power from falling into the hands of the evil swarming the lands, the Goddess gathers the surviving humans on an outcropping of earth. She sent it skyward, beyond the reach of the demonic hordes, beyond even the clouds.
1: With the humans safe, the Goddess joined forces with the land dwellers and fought the evil forces, sealing them away. At last, peace was restored to the surface. This is a tale that you humans have told for many ages, generation to generation. But there are other legends, long hidden away from memory, that are intertwined with this tale. Now, a new legend bound to this great story stands ready to be revealed. A legend that will be forged by your own hand.
0: The mm. Legends of Zelda. <laughs> yeah, that one.
1: This is where the, um, the 25th anniversary logo appears.
0: Yeah, yeah. Just, this is the big Our Quarter Century game. Uh, some interesting... So this is all told with, like, watercolor paintings in the backgrounds. Mm-hmm. And there's very cool music playing the whole time, too. Yes, this game has very good music. So when Fi starts talking about how the demons sprouted from the earth, it begins with one big demon who looks kind of like the original design for Ganon. A little bit! bit (laughs) and then there's like uh more minor demons behind the big one that sort of look like some of them look like like elves and some of them look like uh almost shy guys from mario one of them look almost like Girahim. yeah one of them does kind of look a lot like Girahim. and they all use spears and then when they when fee talks about hilia Hylia looks kind of like a human woman who has like a, a, a crown around mm-hmm. her head, and she has a harp, and she has a sword. And the r- races of the surface are the Gorons, the ancient robots, the Keekwee, the the squid men, and the the mole girls.
2: <laughs> One interesting thing about this sequence. Outside of the fact that the art actually gets really disturbing when talking about all the stuff that the demons did is the way that it's framed to start with. Phi tells you at the beginning that this is the story told by humans, not that it's the truth.
1: Right. She comments later that oral storytelling is very unreliable, which actually we'd contest.
2: But- yeah, it's not, It's not. that's not strictly speaking true, but... She is telling us at the start that just because she's relaying this story to you doesn't mean that it's
0: true as written.
1: Or vocalized.
0: Another interesting thing to note is that when she talks about the ultimate power guarded by her grace, it is just portrayed as a blinding light. It is not the Triforce symbol.
1: Hmm. Yes.
0: What do you think that means, Crystal? Perhaps the Triforce did not coalesced into that shape at this point. Perhaps she's not talking about the Triforce. What would she be talking about? I don't know. I don't know. What could she be talking about? <laughs> I think because it's... Okay. Mm-hmm. To prevent this great power from falling into the hands of the evil swarming lands, the goddess gathered the surviving humans on an outcropping of Earth. She sent it skyward, beyond the reach of the demonic hordes. She, so, she doesn't say she sealed the power in the sky. She just sent the humans to the sky.
2: That's true.
0: Phi um, doesn't make mention of
2: where the power go. Though they do mention that this was to prevent the great power from falling. I guess the thing is that the war is waged to prevent is the way that this framing is supposed to work. So you're not really supposed to be told in the beginning here that the
0: Triforce
2: is in the sky.
1: Yeah, that's sort of a twist, I suppose, they reveal later on in the game.
0: Monica, what were you going to say before?
1: Oh, I forget. Oh, Yes, just that Triforce iconography is all over this game. Yeah. A, a lot of ancient ruins have it, so I think it probably did have shape already, or if not, then, you know, well, by the time it took, you know, all this architecture to become ancient. Anything else to say about this intro sequence?
0: Uh, That's about it. We should note that the demons did sprout from the earth literally yes that is how it's described in human storytelling Mm -hmm. they did not come from some some dark dimension they came from undergrounds well you can imagine how that might be how it looked regardless of what actually happened okay
1: like a portal
0: a
2: portal that opens in the ground would look very much like the earth spewing them out Mm. and again One of the presuppositions about this game is that the oral storytelling method is unreliable over the course of thousands of years. In fact, there is a demon later on in the game who rises up out of the earth, but also comes out of a portal. Hmm. That does happen. (laughs) Does this part transition directly into the nightmare?
1: Yep. Oh, so... A giant, scary, but also a little bit silly looking creature bursts out of the ground.
2: I
0: don't think it's silly looking in this sequence. It's
1: a little bit silly. What is this?
0: It's a big black slug with giant fangs. It's just like a big mouth covered in black scales.
1: Well, I look at it and I think it's a little bit cute.
2: Well, you only know that (laughs) because you know it has legs, but you don't see the legs in this sequence. You just see this huge gaping maw rising up from the earth
1: yeah but it's rounded sort of
2: i don't know i thought i was pretty scurry looking
1: um let's see
2: and it makes demise big-
0: is certainly visually defined by its mouth the organ used to consume yes that's uh it's definitely the hunger personified
2: mm-hmm. at least at this point point.
1: and the dream there's a lot of uh, vegetation a lot of woods or forests
2: it basically stands up in the middle of a vast wood
1: it must be really trippy to dream of if you you know live on a tiny sky island
2: you barely know what trees look like yeah there's like one tree in skyloft yes something like that probably not great
0: oxygen up there well i mean they've got lots of other plants it's mostly just like shrubbery i don't know why they haven't got more trees i'm just saying it's like it's like in the john carter of mars story or, like, Link link grows up in, in a thin air environment. So, then when he goes to the surface and there's lots of oxygen, he has like lots of vitality.
2: Oh. That is true of people who are raised
0: in low oxygen environments.
2: <laughs> you might think, oh, they would get sick feeling from the excess
0: of oxygen, but no, it's at basically pure benefit. Yeah, you use the oxygen to carry the electrons to the. So, your ATP. And give energy to your your mitochondria.
1: Whoa.
0: Oh, science.
1: (laughs) You do get the sense that Skyloft is very cold and windy. Do you? Yeah, the clothes are mostly, you know, warmish and with like a wrap. And yeah.
2: I I think that's more for like flying with because that would be windy. But the weather in Skyloft seems incredibly mild.
1: I mean, not like insanely windy, but windy enough.
2: Well, it's not like kids are getting blown off it or anything. (laughs)
1: They might be. Not
2: to the best of our knowledge. If the physics
1: engine could support it, they might be.
2: If somebody programmed in one wrong uh, variable, then they'd load it up and all the kids have been blown away. Yeah. That's a reference to a story behind the Breath of the Wild development.
1: And here we see our first shot of the Loft Wings, which are basically giant shoebills, I think are the birds. Yeah. Loftwings wings have great designs. They're big they, birds. They're big birds, but they uh, they have hairstyles or uh, cl- articles of clothing, accessories that match their owners. So Zelda's has a little belt thing, and Gerus's has a pompadour.
0: It's just little touches like that. Yeah. Do you think we see the the loft wings flying towards this big floating island in the sky, Skyloft? then you can see some kids running towards, like, uh, a bridge that is extending off the edge of Skyloft. Mm-hmm. And then they just jump off, but their birds catch them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They can fly around on their voids. It's, this sure seems extremely dangerous.
1: Yeah, a little bit.
2: Their culture's been built around trusting their birds for thousands of years.
1: And they have some sort of a psychic link. Because they can sense that their birds are nearby or not. Or at least Link can.
2: And their birds always know when they're jumping off those things.
1: Yeah. And we get some harp music and singing. And it's Zelda. (laughs) What do you two think of Zelda's design in this game?
0: I like Zelda's design quite a bit.
1: Yeah. Schoolgirl Zelda.
2: She's very cute. I think she should lose the bangs.
1: You keep on judging her bangs.
2: (laughs) I'm not big on her bangs in this game. Her bangs are good. I mean, they're cute bangs for being bangs.
1: Do you just not like bangs?
2: Oh, no. Some people wear bangs very well. It just has sort of... uh, It has an effect on her face I don't like as much.
0: I'm a big fan of the the, uh, official key art for this game. It has a very good use of color that I think is maybe not very well represented as well in-game.
1: Oh, the watercolor sort of painting style.
0: It's so rich in the art for the game. In the game, it looks a bit washed out.
2: I don't know if that's a problem with the Wii U. or that for, like, as The Wii U's emulation isn't good when we play it on there, but this was a thing on the Wii too. Everything felt a little bit... I guess it's supposed to communicate that the sunlight is so bright so everything feels a little bit yellow or too bright to look at.
1: I've seen screenshots of this game through the Dolphin emulator, uh-huh. and it looks amazing.
2: Certain parts of the filter that they apply to the screen can't be emulated properly in Dolphin, or if you turn them off it runs much better. Right. And the game does look very different without those filters applied.
1: That's why I really want a Switch version. Just to see, I guess, the vision as it they intended.
2: Mm. Have they
0: made any sword games for Switch yet?
2: They have not. No. Mm. Not to the best of my knowledge. Do it, Reggie. (laughs) Mario Party might have something like that. They've got some kind of cooking game where you move around food in a walk.
1: Reggie, I've been waiting. Each Nintendo Direct, I've been expecting it. It's the next remake.
2: Make Switch Sports. Ooh. I don't know about that one. but maybe Why not? I don't know. Maybe the time has passed, but it would be good to be able to play more sports games in
0: a way that would be fun for the whole family. Yeah, just make it like... Put Mario, make it Mario themed and also Link's in there and the Inklings. So, Smash Sports. Smash Sports. <laughs> yeah, I would enjoy that.
2: Just like Smash Kart Racing.
0: So, Zelda gives her Loftwing a letter mm-hmm. to be delivered to her boyfriend Link. Yeah. He was sli- sleeping in as he does and he's having a bad dream or he's about to be eaten by the Big Mouth. Yeah, it's, then- not,
2: it's not a good time.
0: Yeah. Then the voice appears, and Fee says, Rise, Link. The time has come for you to awaken. It's like 1 p.m., and you are fated to have a hand <laughs> in a great destiny that will soon find you. The time has come for you to awaken, Link. I really like the way that the
2: light pink, which is not Phi's color, by the way, sort of illuminates both Link and. The creature because the creature when seen in the light is suddenly much less menacing and it's clear that in some ways it is less than what the light is until it screams at it and the light goes out
1: so what do you think the light is
2: the goddess
1: Mm. yeah purple is her color one of pink pinky purple it was pink pinky purple
2: monica and i have arguments about colors more than we have any other kind of argument
1: they get very heated
2: they're not good They're indicative of structural problems in our
0: relationship. (laughs) So Link, you know know what the color actually reminds me of is Zelda's Ocarina of Time dress.
1: Ah. Yeah,
0: that is about the exact same shade. So Link wakes up by falling out of bed, and he looks up and there's a big loft wing head looking at him through the window, and it just spits the letter at him and goes away. (laughs) It's very contemptuous.
1: By the way, this is the only window in the building that has, you know, <laughs> openable.
2: It has hinges.
1: Hinges, yeah. And you can actually see it from the outside. It's very notable.
2: Is that true? Yeah. What are the other windows?
1: Uh, stained glass and the, the like.
2: Oh, so did he like break his window at some point? I don't know. Maybe. Oh, or... maybe the loft wing broke it, waking him up.
1: Yeah, Zelda needs this window to wake him up all the time.
2: Are they dating? because this letter that she sends to Link is
0: very insistent. Right. It says, hey, sleepyhead, I know how much you like to sleep in. So I'm guessing this letter will be your alarm clock this morning. Did I guess right? Rise and shine, Link. Today's the wing ceremony. You promised to meet me before it starts. Remember, you'd better not keep me waiting.
1: If they were dating, it would be like, wake up, motherfucker. Wake up.
0: Oh, I don't know. This
2: is very much- one of the things about Skyward Sword is that more than any other Zelda up to this point, it feels like a few chapters from a shojo manga.
1: Uh-huh. It's great. It's a high school shoujo.
2: Yeah, basically. One of those high school shojos where you travel to an alternate world to chase each other.
1: Well, then, Cam, you would know this is still the initial- stage of the shoujo where they haven't officially confessed but they're childhood friends and they know each other super well everybody basically assumes they'll get together yeah, no yeah. we're like
2: 40 chapters in <laughs> by now we're coming in on the tail end of the first romantic arc that's oh. supposed
0: to end with their confession well
1: i guess you're the expert
0: yeah. no see the way i read this is they slept in that bed together and zelda got up earlier
1: <laughs> really
0: no, yeah. no 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 what? <laughs> yeah, and then she she woke link up briefly to say like, hey, come meet me by the goddess statue before the ceremony and we can smooch
1: <laughs>
0: in like four hours and you wake up. Zelda has her own room. So Link doesn't have access to that room, right, which
2: is why she slept in his bed. Crystal, I don't know that this holds water..
1: <laughs> I still hold that if they were in a relationship, this letter would be a lot more direct and cursy.
0: This is the most explicitly Zaylink the series has ever gotten. Yes. Oh,
2: Absolutely. Like there's no point at which you can't argue that this is like at least a little bit textually supported.
1: Thank you Nintendo.
2: It yeah, this All is All my dreams. Yeah. You can it, it really says more about Breath of the Wild than anything else that it managed to supplant Skyward Sword as Monica's favorite Zelda. Mhm. God. No, they're not sleeping together yet. What no? That's <laughs> what see. that's what today is supposed to be about. It's the it's the big it's the big day where their relationship goes to the next level. Where Link is the boring protagonist boy and Zelda's the girl who's trying to get him to act right.
1: This Link is also fated to his destiny. It's referred to several points in the game.
2: Define fated.
1: Um saying you're fated to have a hand in this great destiny in his dream yeah well at that point it's not really a dream
2: it's basically a dream but i mean that doesn't take away from it i don't mean to say in his dream uh, to i don't mean that in a way where it's like oh that doesn't count because it's in a dream no that isn't how dreams work dreams in this setting mean everything
1: Mm -hmm.
2: but crystal what's what's your take on The line about Link being fated to partake in this great
0: destiny. Oh, he's a special boy chosen by the goddess. I I feel like there's not a ton of room to argue that. I don't know that I agree. Okay.
2: I, I think that one of the funny things about this game, and we'll get into it more later, but there's actually two people who are well described by all the qualities that link displays over the course of the game except for one link and
0: groose oh it's like a harry potter and neville longbottom situation
2: kinda yeah i guess so but the thing is that with groose like he does all the same things he goes down to the ground and he learns of his place and he becomes instrumental necessary in the battle against demise in multiple places And he's brave, and he is a servant of the goddess very directly. Apprentices himself to the handmaiden of the goddess. But the big difference is that Zelda loves Link. Yeah. Link wasn't born fated. He became fated when he was the person that Zelda loved.
1: I don't know if I would agree with that.
2: Chosen through the events of his life not by something that was written out beforehand. But the I question we'll- of
0: Hylia's perspective is very important to this, and I think we might get into we'll it
1: We'll get, get later. into it later.
0: Yeah. Well, it's chosen in the sense that one might choose uh, a rock with which to mold into a beautiful gem. Yes. That makes a certain amount of sense.
1: So let's take a look around Link's room. Um, there are a bunch of wood carvings at various state of... Carvingness. Completion. <laughs> Completion, thank you. And some tools, so we know that he whittles. Uh-huh. Uh huh. There's some uh, completed figurines of a parrot and some sort of a bird.
2: Wait, these are all relatively small birds, but there aren't any small birds in Skyloft.
1: Yeah, there's like a parrot, and it doesn't really look like a loft wing. Maybe he's been dreaming. Ah. Uh-huh. There is a very obvious diary looking on his desk, and I wish we could read it, but. You cannot. You cannot.
2: It would be cool if it was like a save point.
1: There is a chair, and chairs are important in this game.
2: Oh, yeah. What do chairs do?
1: Chairs refill your health. You sit down, and it slowly trickles in like you're in a sacred spring or whatever. And this is really important in hero mode where you can't find hearts.
2: And Monica refuses to use potions, so she sits in chairs a lot. Uh Uh-huh. I think that this room is interesting because it's the first kind of low-key indicator for how much personal expression you get for each character in their domicile.
1: Yes, especially in the Night Academy, which is basically a dormitory.
2: Yeah, it's where Link lives.
1: Uh, all of the students have very unique-looking rooms. But even in, in Skyloft at large, each house and each like bed... Is really unique looking.
2: They feel
0: very lived in.
1: Yeah. Do we want to talk about the design of the Night Academy and all the students there or? Sure. Sure, okay.
0: They're all bird people.
2: They are. <laughs> they They're are. all named bird people, which is actually something Monica hadn't fully noticed until this playthrough.
1: I mean, I know that Grus sounds close to Goose, but I did not pick up that Col- stretch. Is- Colin.
0: Yeah. Stritch. Ostrich. Owl. Fledge, Pippet. Gaypora.
1: Wait, wait, what is Pippet meant to be?
2: I have no fucking idea. Carney, uh, That's a bird.
1: I guess Karne is kind of like Crane. Yep.
2: Yeah, I think Karne. It's
0: just straight up a bird.
1: Oh, is it?
2: Yeah, it's wow. a little bird.
1: Okay, well, I did not spot it. Well, there you go. But this is also where you notice that each person has like a unique crest or logo on their clothing. And many of these are bird themed. Some of them are more um, abstract, sort of like the design of the, the wing crest or, you know, stuff like on the shields. But other ones look, you know, very explicitly bird-like or part of a bird.
0: Somebody drew a bird. Yeah. It's but almost like they they're, they're midway to their evolution into bird people. <laughs> no, um,
2: okay. Well, they've definitely set bird people as their family crests.
1: Yes. It's family. It's, it's tied to family.
0: Many of them have physical features that resemble birds. Well, like, which do you mean? Like, I don't know, some of them have, like, bird-like noses. Do they?
1: I don't know if I've noticed any.
0: And, like, you know, like, Stritch, the ostrich, kind of has, like, a a real tall, lanky body, much like the top half of an ostrich. Sure.
2: And he's got a big... Aquiline nose. I don't know if I'd... Is that how you say that word? Aquiline? Aquiline? That's a word I read, but I've never said. And we got big humped nose. But I don't know if I'd describe any of them as bird-like, except that their loft wings, like, reflect their feet. What if the loft wings are the ones who evolved?
0: Right, because, you know, in Skyloft, the culture is that, like, humans and loft wings are each one half of a whole spirit. Yes. <laughs> So they combined and became the uka. You never really see any of it, but they do
2: talk a little bit about how there's like a loft wing ceremony where kids meet their loft wings and bond with them.
1: yeah yeah there's be, a whole long dialogue about it actually.
2: It'd be cool if we could see that at some point.
1: That would be nice.
2: So one of the neat things that I find just one of the little touches is that each um, student room student rooms come in pairs. And they're actually single rooms that are divided by barriers that can be moved around. So each pair of students has a partitioned space that they keep for themselves. And Link shares his space with Fledge, the Colin of this game.
1: Yes. I keep on calling him Colin, and he probably will do again.
2: Yeah, but Colin is a very different character in this game. Colin, as compared to Colin. Um... And Fledge has a very slightly smaller living space than Link does, though they're pretty close to being equal. Uh Uh-huh. And then you go to, say, Carne and Zelda, who have the exact same size room.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
2: And then you have Groose, whose room is enormous, and his two sidekicks, Colin and Stritch, share a room, and it's basically the size of a broom closet.
1: Yeah, they're forced to use bunk beds. Yeah. That's fun.
2: It's very fun. You can
1: tell so much about the characters just by the layout.
2: And the relationships that they have with each other.
1: Yeah. But there's like little touches in the rooms too. Like Groose has um, a giant mirror. Yeah. And um, a gym it's with just, full, uh, what do you call it?
2: it free wrapping. weights free everywhere. Weights.
1: And a punching bag with Link's face drawn on it. It's great.
2: He's got some uh, aggression.
1: <laughs> and Carne has a lot of knitting in her room. I love that.
2: Yeah, it's just covered in knitting. And you said that the little birds that she made look like knitting rather than crochet? Uh-huh. Why? How it's can a you, knit stitch. Oh, how can you tell that just by looking? You can. Okay.
1: And also they're knitting needles. Oh. And Zelda has a little bit of knitting in her room too, which I always fi- feel like she may have learned from Carne.
2: I don't think there's any may to it. It's like she makes the cloth and then... Karane's room is full of knitting. Yeah. And it's like, and they share a space. So it seems pretty clear to me that she went to Karane to learn how to make it, which is just one of those little tiny, tiny uh, environmental details that flesh out the relationships between the characters without devoting any dialogue to it. And I think Skyward Sword has more density of environmental storytelling, character related environmental storytelling, than any other Zelda game.
1: The only student that doesn't have a room here is Pippet, Mm -hmm. and we find out later he stays at home, probably because they're poor.
2: How the fuck does the economy work in Skyloft?
1: They have a large bazaar.
2: No, that isn't what I mean. Like, who's deciding what things are worth? What is this shit?
1: Uh, everybody's deciding. The mark. The free hand.
2: How can... Community this size, where everyone relies on each other so explicitly, how can anyone be poor?
1: Well, uh, at a guess, everybody, you know, contributes to the economy. And at a guess, nobody is particularly, you know, impoverished. But if you don't do a lot of tasks, like Pippet's mom... Oh,
2: I see. His mother is the weak link.
1: Yes. We know there is a working economy, though. Pippet takes on a night job.
2: True. Okay. So, so it's like f- from everyone according to their ability, and his mom isn't pulling her weight. Yep. Now, the second half of that is supposed to be
0: to each according to their need. Yes.
1: Everybody seems still fairly okay. You
0: yeah, know, he's, he's and- fed.
1: <laughs> they still have a, a nice house with, under a layer of dust, nice, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah. How how meaningfully are they poor? Like, are, are they going to get evicted?
1: No, I don't think so. I
0: don't know of landlords? I don't think they have landlords. Okay. So they have food. They have a house. You know, it's maybe a little dirty, but like...
1: They have a lot of luxuries in the house.
0: They have a lot of luxuries. So by what metric are they poor? I think the whole thing... The only metric by which
2: they're poor is that, for whatever reason, Pippet feels that he can't afford to stay in the dorms of the academy.
1: And they cannot buy potions, I suppose,
2: or You mean he can't uh, afford arrows? to stay? Do you know, this is, this is one of the things. I didn't think that the Knight Academy actually had, like, a charge applied to it. Because Link clearly doesn't have a job. And he's some sort of orphan. Right. They they wouldn't charge tuition. No. I've got to think just not. Like the, yeah. So much of how Skyloft works is dependent on the Knights.
1: So is Pippet just staying at home to take care of his mom? Maybe.
2: There's a lot going on between Pippa and his mother, and I think that the way they talk about money is just a way to obfuscate that.
1: Hmm. We'll get to that later. What do you two what? think of the instructors?
0: Why do they even have money? Why aren't they like Lucas and be <laughs> like, what the fuck is money? Yeah. There's that... got to
1: be rupees, and you have to buy your items slowly and get ripped off by Beetle.
0: Now I'm just
2: thinking about Taz Millie. God damn it. Who? What? Lucas from Mother 3. Oh, yeah.
1: Um...
2: Did you think George Lucas?
1: Yes.
0: George, George Lucas.
1: Lucas would also go, what is this money?
0: No, he wouldn't. What's, what's money? Huh? I guess I'll give this to... Do you give it to schools or something, I think?
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, George Lucas Thanks, did do George. that with billions. That's fine. Um. What
0: about the instructors? Why they are always asking?
1: struck me as looking very elvish. Like Lord of the Rings elvish.
0: Yeah, they look... I kept... Expecting Owlin to be like a traitor or something because he looks like one. He's got that very severe face.
2: Yeah, but it's not like uh, yeah. It, in a Western story, he probably would be
0: a traitor with that face,
2: but this is a shoujo, so that just means that he's the stricter teacher.
1: Yeah,
0: right. There's a there's a good te- a nice teacher and a mean teacher.
2: Yeah,
1: I didn't even pick up on that. But like... the
2: but the strict teacher still has a heart of gold and will support their students when the when it's down to brass tacks
0: now alan's features of uh, dark skin and white hair and yellow eyes are reminiscent of the sheikah sheikah bit. have red eyes don't they
1: yes they do
0: yes
2: but the darker skin and white hair is definitely a thing um there's alan what was the name of the other one horwell
0: horwell mm-hmm. And Does- he has lighter skin and brown hair and he has his eyes closed like brock
1: i dig their scarves they
2: have very. Tangent. <laughs> they have very good uh, character designs. I just thought that Owlin was older than Horwell.
1: I just thought they could have reduced the inst- the instructors from two to one. Really. Yes.
2: You thought that like one of them is clearly isn't Owlin the one who's clearly teaching like practical applications and Horwell's the one who's teaching like botany and stuff.
1: Yeah, one is obsessed with plants and one really likes Mia the little the kitty kitty thing.
2: But, I mean, like, they're they're teaching different things. And I guess. And different people, they just look sort of similar.
1: The, they don't have too many things to do.
2: That's true. I guess they could have cut that down, but why are we look, talking about taking the knife to the setting <laughs> of Skyward Sword? I'm sorry. So, Link gets up. Yes. Oh, do we want to talk about the lunch lady? The lunch lady? Yeah. There's a lunch lady. Oh. What was her name? H- it sounds like Hen. Henya. Henya.
0: Oh, yeah. She, she looks extremely like a uh, chicken-
2: She does look like a little tiny chicken grandma, and she feeds everybody. And the first time you see Fledge, he's trying to carry goods into the kitchen. And you can carry it in for him instead, and if you do, uh, you'll get some money out of it. Because Fledge is a weakling, and as we later learn, a coward. A little bit. But the neat thing about Hinya is, um, unlike most other NPCs in Zelda... She joins the very rare ranking of people who get upset if you start breaking their shit.
1: <laughs> Without fining you rupees. She just gets you, tries to get you expelled. Yeah. If you throw shit around.
2: She gets madder and madder, and Monica did it so many times that Henya swore she would talk to the headmaster about getting Link expelled.
1: Well, that's not gonna happen. I'm saving his daughter.
2: Wow. Wow, wow, wow.
1: Um, after a bit of wandering... Eventually, you end up outside. This is where you're introduced to bird statues, where you can supposedly pray to the goddess. Um, so birds are definitely um, highly as animal. Yeah. And they only know about big birds, so I guess essentially loft wings?
2: Yeah, it's the, the, all the statues are definitely loft wings, mm-hmm. both on the ground and in Skyloft.
1: And you're pretty much gated in, at this point. So you might as well go over and talk to Zelda, who is standing um, in front of a giant statue of the goddess.
2: On the Isle of the Goddess. Yes. Which is a particular spot in Skyloft. It's kind of separate from the rest of it, just geographically speaking.
1: These goddess statues reappear in Breath of the Wild. And I'm glad they did. Yeah. It's a neat design.
2: It's also a very neat callback going from the earliest game in the timeline to what has to be the latest.
1: Oh, on the way there, and Crystal, I believe I showed you the picture, there's half of a broken dome as you're entering the Isle of the Goddess, and you see three sage medallions from Ocarina of Time there.
2: Bearing mm-hmm. the same designs? Yeah. Do you remember which ones?
1: It's in my photo.
2: It's okay. You don't need to look that up.
1: It's okay. The other half is on the
2: surface. Oh.
1: But that was a really neat feature. This game has more in its architecture than any other, including Breath of the Wild.
2: That makes sense. So what do we make of the fact that the symbol of the sages was already here?
1: They were already a thing.
2: I mean, this is before the construction of the Temple of Light. Mm Mm-hmm. What do you make of it, Crystal? Crystal? Well, clearly, Raru's sages were not the first set of sages. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Do we think that the sages were involved in what went on on the surface? Is everyone here
0: descended from the sages? Uh, I mean,
2: okay. Hmm. Traditionally, the sages have been aligned with the gods of the Triforce rather than Hylia.
1: That may have been something that was forgotten.
0: Were the sages involved
2: in the Interloper War? Um... No, they're not mentioned as being involved in any way.
1: Just the light spirits.
2: Yeah, just the light spirits. In Twilight Princess, the sages aren't involved in anything up to the ceiling of Ganon. Hmm. Hmm. Hmm.
0: That's a good point, Crystal. (laughs) Because although the recent Zelda Encyclopedia does place the Interloper War after the events of Skyward Sword, we have... uh, concluded that in in fact, took place before the war with Demise.
1: Yes, pretty definitively,
2: because...
0: Or concurrent with.
1: Or concurrent, yes. Either way, by the time the timeline splits for the first time here...
2: Oh, no, the the war with Demise, not the events of Skyward Sword. Oh, I see. It either had to be before or concurrent with, Mm -hmm. because they appear in every timeline.
1: Yes. So you run up to Zelda... She has a harp. It is Sheik's harp from Ocarina of Time. Same design.
2: She's singing in nonsense.
1: <laughs> it's a lovely melody.
2: Yeah, it's really good. The Ballad of the Goddess is one of the best single main game themes in the entire series.
1: It was in one of the first trailers for the game, right?
2: I think it was actually in the first really underwhelming trailer that Skyward Sword had.
1: Hmm. It was a great song, though.
0: Oh, yeah. You Either of you want to sing it? No, <laughs> why would we do that? Okay. Do you want, want to sing them? it? I mean, not by myself.
1: Somebody uh, transcribed the lyrics. Did they? Like, phonetically, on the wikia.
0: Oh, really? Oh, let me bring that up.
1: If we pull it up, then I'll sing.
0: Okay. The song, Zelda.
1: You need to search for it.
0: Is this just in Japanese?
1: No, it's nonsense.
0: It's a, It's a
2: nonsense born of Japanese phonetics.
0: Okay. Oh boy, uh this is written like in phonetic the phonetic script. Yes. That does I happen. Really read. I didn't try to I can read out the English lyrics.
1: <laughs> sure.
0: Oh I can I can hear her singing it when I read this. Oh youth, guided by the servant of the goddess, unite earth and sky and bring light to the land.
1: It's a lot shorter in English.
0: Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: And it makes me wonder show. if maybe uh this actually was like transliterated in some way like using a what's the word uh like when you transpose letters a certain like a
1: scrambler thing not I a don't scrambler
2: know. thing there's a word for this it's like i a, was
1: about to sing
2: <laughs> okay by all <laughs> no, means, it's okay. I, I can just play the actual thing here no, i do fine. have the power of editing yeah sure okay
1: start of koji kondo playing um or composing pieces that are backwards yeah yeah, yeah. other pieces he's a genius but also a little bit crazy
2: because the ballad of the goddess has certain parts of its melody that is zelda's lullaby played backwards magical it's very good but zelda's like hey i have this harp you know they have stories about what a harp is but i'm not really familiar with the instrument
1: the, she mentions that the the outfit is unique for this ceremony that they're going to be doing. Yep. Um, we
2: have no idea what Zelda's casual clothes look like in this setting.
1: It's my theory that she's a knight already, so it would be, you know, a tunic-like uh, Pippet, Lincoln, Carne wear only. I guess girls probably wear a beret, so she's got a beret.
2: She is a very accomplished flyer, Uh uh-huh. but... Her role in the academy is never actually expanded upon. It is.
1: She's a student. We argued about this.
2: No, I mean like her specific place in the student body. It's
1: never said if she's a senior or a junior. Yeah, that's
2: what I meant by expanded okay. upon. Okay, Argu- She's the class president. Yeah. She is basically the class president, yes.
1: Um, and she mentions that the harp was similar or a replica of the one that the goddess was said to have.
0: Because and the... then she mentions that she made the the shawl that she's wearing all by herself. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't And it... she asks your opinion on her outfit.
1: Oh yes. This is and one of
0: this game has dialogue choices? Yeah. Yeah. Very it great. has genuine dialogue choices.
2: The second time they've tried to include major dialogue choices. So your so three you options
0: can... here Great. Uh nice costume. <laughs> and She reacts to And Cameron would of course say uh because he hates all this design. Well, (laughs) I would say great.
1: I would also say great. Cam would choose the fourth option, girl your bangs.
2: That is y'all gonna be y'all gonna be rude about this. I ain't even gonna participate. I don't need this shit.
1: Um here's where Kapora arrives. She
2: gets her feelings hurt if you don't treat like like she gets she gets self conscious if you just go Uh,
1: Don't be mean.
2: No, like, I'm not saying that that's justification for being mean. You're the one who bullies old women in this game. (laughs) I'm saying that, like, even if it's just little (laughs) tiny snippets, you do get very different reactions out of people depending on your choices.
1: (coughs) And here's where Gopora appears, and it's, you know, he's Zelda's father in this.
2: He's also very clearly Gaborah Kapora.
1: Yes, he is absolutely Gaborah Kapora.
2: But his you mean Kapora Gaborah? Kapora Kep- K- Gaborah.
0: Anyway, his name's a combination.
1: The Owl. And he's How does this
0: of- fit with our theory that the first son is always Rauru? <laughs> oh,
2: no. Um, well, I was going to say we could get to it later, but I mean, we've just now mentioned his name. So. Anybody listening to this, don't worry about it too much if you don't understand quite what we mean yet, but I think that at the end of the game, probably he becomes the first Sage of Light. Yes. Oh.
1: That's what I would posit to.
2: He fits perfectly with all of this. I'm not saying that he's necessarily the same character that we meet in Ocarina of Time, but he could be.
1: The ropes are kind of similar.
2: Yeah. His facial hair just went crazy in the interim.
1: But no, I think he turned into the owl. Oh, yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, that's you, the spirit. But do you see Raru as separate from Kapora Gaborah?
1: A student of. Yes.
2: Oh, I see. So you see Raru, the Sage of Light, as being someone who studied at the foot of the owl. Yes. Who is the spirit of the father of the first true Zelda. Uh,
1: Gaborah is Socrates.
2: Oh, shit. <laughs> Raru is, is Plato. A- okay. Okay. But uh, who's Aristotle?
1: Ah. Uh...
2: There is no Aristotle. There's Alexander the Great. <laughs> Alexander's Link, probably. Ganon? Yeah. Okay. Oh, dear. Yeah, Aristotle's twin Rova, who studied at the feet of Rauru. <laughs> okay, okay. This is
1: going places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the conversation really goes to explaining, you know, this is a day of a big race and ceremony and, you know, traditions and whatever, and Link better win that race that's going to come up. Um, and then Zelda's worried
0: because Link's a piece of shit slacker, hasn't been yeah. practicing. Right. Even though he's actually very good.
1: Well, Cam, you mentioned in this, he's criticized for not being very focused and always daydreaming.
2: Yeah, his dream is unclear. And yes. <laughs> he doesn't have a lot of purpose in his life. He's just going through the motions, which is very much one of the things that uh, one of the... Male protagonists of a shoujo manga would have going on.
1: Yes. Um, Zelda and her father talk about, you know, the whole how Loft Wings choose their uh, riders and, you know, how everybody was so surprised when this red Loft Wing, which they thought was extinct, you know, flew up and then chose Link and then he just jumped on it and rode off.
2: Yeah. So it's like he has all this. Potential. He has a very clear talent and a great affinity for his loftwing, but he just kind of cruises
0: along instead of trying to be the very best of the best. Rauru sort of explains the the religious significance behind the loftwing. Please don't do this. Please no, don't no, do no, this. No, Really? No. No. Please, like, don't don't be calling gapora
2: L- oh Rauru, Rauru. oh I missed that you're, you're part. the one who said that he might be raru he might be the first sage of light at the end of the game but that ain't who he is now
0: okay gapora says as you know each of us in skyloft is but one half of a pair we are only made whole by our loft wings the guardian birds that the goddess bestows upon each of us as a symbol of her divine protection
2: this is some serious expository dialogue they've got it's going. Long. They got as I'm sure you recall and as you know within like two sentences of each other
1: <laughs> it's it's interesting because it sort of makes you wonder what started this wing ceremony
2: because the Knight Academy isn't very old.
1: The Knight Academy is not very old and this is sort of a thing from time immemorial yeah whatever. The particular uh, gifting of the parasail, parasail, blanket, the blanket, the <laughs> sail is passed on from supposedly from Hylia. But,
2: you
0: know,
1: what is this race for?
0: Uh, I think the while the academy might have been built fairly recently, the institution of the knights is very old. Mm. Uh. I think they just built a new academy. Do we think that the Wing Ceremony is an annual event?
1: Yes, it is definitely, well, I don't know, annual, but the only way to uh, graduate into the upper class, the senior class, is to win the Wing Ceremony.
2: It seems like they would be severely limiting the number of knights who can feasibly graduate Yes, and become knights. Like Knights are important. It's one of the most productive jobs you can have. And you're seriously limiting your numbers by making it so that only one person can progress per year.
1: This also makes it clear that since Pippet won the last one, Carne is his senior. Yes. <laughs> but I don't know, like this seems to be a good um, way to balance out the number of knights. Like most of the time they just fly about on shifts and make sure nobody falls off Skyloft. Skyloft's big. Yeah.
0: You need a lot of I- folks. I, presumably they're out there like gathering resources from the other islands
2: they everybody might, can fly though they might run deliveries but yeah it does seem like everybody can fly you don't need a license to fly you're not getting your okay. provisional loft wing license here
0: so zelda grabs you and chucks you off the edge
1: <laughs> because she wants you to practice she's worried
0: mm-hmm. uh, and we're, it's made very clear
2: here that this is another case where Link explicitly does talk and has lengthy conversations and explanations that we're just not privy to. Because Link says, uh, I can't tell where my bird is. I literally can't sense it. And Zelda goes, oh yeah, big talk coming from you, Mr. Lazy Bones. And just kind of shoves his ass off. And she's and like... And he falls. And she's like... Whistle for your bird? No.
1: <laughs> Shouldn't his bird be
0: And he here? whistles for the bird, and he's like, "Ah, uh, yep, nope, not there. And then Kitboard appears over the edges like, hmm, yeah, taking a while for the bird to show up. Usually this is a little bit
2: faster. And then Zelda's like, oh, crap. And she just dives after him.
0: It
1: would have been nice if, like, she just caught him, like, bride-style. That doesn't happen.
2: It does not happen. No. In fact, what happens is that she... Uh, whistles for her bird as she's falling, and then the bird dives down to catch up with Link and catches him in its talons and hauls both of them up by sheer force to get back to the Isle of the Goddess. And the strain causes it to, like, sprain its wing or something? A little bit. It can't fly.
1: Just needs to rest.
2: Loftwings are very hardy to be able to carry around the weight of two people. I mean, they're big birds. They must weigh a couple of hundred pounds. But... A bird that size carrying its own weight is pretty unusual, by which I mean impossible.
0: Right, it seems like it might interfere with the aerodynamics.
1: You can agree that Link's Loftwing is only red because they wanted to make up a story for the Hylian shield, right?
2: I mean, yeah. (laughs) That makes sense, yeah. and Also, red's a good
0: color. Red's a great color. Red's very lucky. Contrasts with the green.
1: Oh, yeah. But apparently, you know, the rarest kind of Loftwing. Yeah. That is not expanded on at all.
2: No. Like, they they create this expectation that maybe the Crimson Loftwing is important, but it's not actually. It's just a bit of a framing device.
1: Um, and this starts the mini-mystery of where is Link's Loftwing? You have to search around and ask a bunch of people. Fledge knows something but is too scared to say. And I think Pippet eventually, you know, makes Fledge admit that- He's like, come
2: here, you little shit.
1: He saw Groose and pals um, haul off the bird.
2: Pippet's like Ida if Ida wasn't as good and was a bit of a fuckboy.
1: Oh, yeah. Absolutely.
2: Ida is a character from My Hero Academia, to be clear to both our (laughs) listeners and Crystal. Okay. He's very good. You would probably like him a lot. He's also class president. Monica's checking her notes, which is why this is giving us gaps of
0: silence. Where she's supposed to be leading us.
1: Am I supposed to be leading?
0: No, was, okay. So so Link, you know, goes searching around for his Crimson Loftwing. Because where could it be? It must be trapped somewhere. And he overhears a conversation that Groose is having with his cronies Bruce. as they are massaging him. <laughs> They're just, like, rubbing him down like he's in the corner of a boxing match after a
2: three-minute round.
0: Yeah. Yes and they're talking about how they they drag that crimson loft wing into a cave and now link 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 can't win the the wing ceremony and Grus is gonna win and zelda will love him
1: oh yeah he has very romantic nefarious intentions not nefarious i wouldn't
2: say nefarious goofy yeah
1: over hopeful
2: Um Bruce isn't very good at uh figuring out how to start a relationship. He sees the main barrier between him trying to have a relationship with Zelda as being Link rather than the fact of who he is.
1: You know, an interesting detail here is he he sees this whole like being alone thing as being a romantic part of the ceremony.
2: Yeah, he does.
1: And other people do too. Zelda
2: absolutely does. Yes,
1: and there's this other I think it's the sister flyer girl also comments on how, you know, it's very romantic.
2: Link has no understanding of that. No. he's
1: But this whole thing between the goddess and the knight. And... Woo!
2: Yeah, <laughs> I guess alone.
1: so. Oh, and you get your second dialogue choice here to, in confronting Gruus.
0: Yeah, because Gruus is like, oh, you come here to beg me to help you find your wing, huh? Well, here's my advice to you, pal. Why don't you just work hard and pray and maybe you'll find it. Might even come in second. So your responses are, bring it on. Give him back and nice hair. Has anyone ever picked anything except for nice hair? No. (laughs) What about you, Crystal? Obviously you pick nice hair. Bruce does have very nice hair. It's a
1: nice pompadour.
0: He has a very
2: uh, Joe's K reaction where he's like, listen, you talk shit on my hair, I'll pound you flat.
1: He sort of has this... Um, what do you call it? Like, not an accent. He talks like a greaser person.
2: Yeah, that's definitely how they translated him. He's definitely, like, uh, an antagonist from, like, not even really an antagonist, but like an antagonist force from West Side Story or some shit.
1: Using the terms granny and little lady and... Yeah. Yeah.
0: Maybe, yeah. So Zelda appears and she comes in to defend her boyfriend from Groose like stop bullying link and gruce doesn't even understand what's
2: happening at first he's just like "Ooh, zelda and she's like you're you're not taking
0: me serious do you even know that i'm yelling at you and he's like no right he's just like having a moment because he's he's in the presence of zelda he can't take it
2: she's like this is so weird why are you like this And it's like when she confronts him about the bad things that he's done, he's actually too ashamed to admit that he's done anything. Like, being confronted by Zelda makes him realize the immorality of his actions. Which is interesting because it means that he compartmentalizes, but on another level he knows he's compartmentalizing, so he's on his way to being a fully self-actualized bully.
1: (laughs) This is a very... um, At the time of the game's release, it was very much screenshotted where... Groose points at Link and then Zelda points at Groose.
2: Yeah. That became a low key meme for a little while.
1: That's fun. Oh, Groose does also accuse um, Link of having his head in the clouds and being spacey and tells him to grow up.
2: Yeah. He's like, Groose tells Link that his dream is unclear and that he shouldn't be trying to be with people unless he's got his shit in order because everybody has responsibilities to their little society and if you can't do that then how could you be with somebody as cool as Zelda is which is fucked but also you can see where he's coming from Link needs to get his act together
1: once the the gang uh, jumps off and moose is on their birds they which all look out. like them Yes, um, Zelda feels or hears something and looks down towards the clouds and that's Girahim.
2: Oh right, she has that uh, moment where she gets like psychic feedback from the surface and it has that very old 70s style anime psychic sound effect.
1: Or maybe it's Impa, I couldn't decide.
2: I think it's probably the darkness.
1: The storm is Girahim.
2: She could be hearing Demise.
1: She could be hearing Demise. I don't know. As it
2: pulls against its shackles.
1: I guess because Link is having dreams of demise, too. So this could be the whole Ocarina of Time dream sensitivity thing.
2: Yeah, they're both sensitive children for different reasons.
0: So both Zelda and Link find the Crimson Loftwing trapped in a cave and Link hits it open with the sword that he got from the Academy and the Loftwing is free to finally fly around so Link and Zelda are sort of standing at the edge watching it. And then Zelda has a conversation where she explains that she's been hearing voices from the surface. Mm-hmm. And she asks, have you ever wondered what's on the surface?
1: Because Skyloft looking down, it's just a sea of clouds. There isn't a, a single peck of land. Speck of land.
0: Yes. Uh, she says, some say it's an empty, barren place, or even that there's nothing at all down below. But I just have this feeling that they're wrong. Some of Father's old texts talk about a place called the surface. The old tales describe a whole world under there, far more vast than Skyloft. The thing is, no one's ever been down there to see it, and our loft wings won't fly through the cloud barrier. Mm. But I can't help imagining the wild things that might be waiting below. Someday, I want to see it for myself. It's a good setup for going down to the real world, I think. Yeah. The real world.
2: <laughs> it's basically what it is. And I think that it's also lent a certain amount of sinisterness by the way that Zelda talks about the voice that she's hearing. It's She says, It's been happening a lot lately. It's the strangest feeling. Almost like someone is calling out to me. Which is lent a certain amount of menace by the dreams that Link has been having.
1: Yeah demise wants to eat her
2: i guess basically but like I-, I just wanted to mention how that felt the first time that i played the game because mm-hmm. it's like oh what the fuck is happening here oh this shit's getting real
1: it was pretty notable also when you free your loft wing you can't just like slash at the the boards no. the wooden boards of the that that have been tied down you actually have to hit at the ropes that are on the sides because
2: your sword is shitty
1: your sword is shitty, but also, you know, the game It's teaching you. It's teaching you. There's a lot of ropes to cut in this game.
2: Ah, uh, that's true. And then you go through the part where you learn how to fly the bird.
1: Do you two like the loft wing flying sequences?
2: Yeah. I, I enjoy it quite a lot actually. It it's not a popular opinion to have, but it's one of my favorite ways to get around in the Zelda series that isn't just walking around with your feet. I wish
1: there were more places to fly to. But it is a comfortable thing to do. Yeah. I also wish that the diving was like one-to-one. As in, you know, you, you fly over Skyloft and, you know, you see somebody's house and you're like, I want to aim right here at this house. Right. Where I want to land right on top of the academy. But you can't do that. There's some pre-saved spaces and Link will always dive down. You, you know.
2: basically go through a loading screen. Yeah. You want it to be like Xenoblade Chronicles X, where you can fly above uh, New Los Angeles and then land on a particular street with no loading screen, or like Breath of the Wild. Uh-huh. That's what Monica really wants out of the Skyward Sword remake, is for it to be retooled to basically be Skyward Sword, but in the Breath of the Wild engine.
1: Uh-huh.
0: I just wanted the graphics to be better.
1: That would be nice.
0: Is this to link... <laughs> Flies around in the loft wing a bit, then goes back to Skyloft, where Groose confronts him once again. Uh-huh. <laughs> He's like, you think you're pretty special, aren't you, getting to hang out with Zelda all the time? I hate to break it to you, but today is the day I bust this adorable little fantasy land you're living in. That's sailcloth. Zelda's sailcloth will be mine. <laughs> oh man, I bet she was thinking about me when she was stitching it. I can see it now. First I win the big race, and then Zelda and I finish the ceremony together on the statue. Just the two of us. It'll be our special moment alone. Oh it's so real I can I can see it.
2: I love that Gruose's laugh is written as duh.
1: His theme there are so many variations in this game. Um
2: Oh and, yeah, he's got one- like six or seven.
1: Like, there's like the, oh, the super romantic awakening (laughs) theme.
2: The one where he's thinking about Zelda. Yes. The boisterous one. The sad one.
1: The, yeah. The
2: loser (laughs) one. There's
1: a million. And they're all great.
2: This is a particularly good sequence because it introduces us to Groose in Love, the theme song.
1: Zelda comes in and... Demands an answer and busts his uh, fantasizing again.
2: Oh, oh, I just realized something. Um, hmm. You know the bully from Back to the Future that everyone compares Groose to? Biff? Yeah, Biff Tannen. That's not really who Groose is. He's more like Moose from Archie Comics.
1: I, okay. I don't know Moose.
2: Okay, that's it. <laughs> Someone
1: right. somewhere out there. I
2: swung for it and it didn't go anywhere.
1: Someone will agree with you.
2: Um, No, they probably want to argue about it because Moose is legitimately not very smart, whereas Groose is. He just has to apply himself. Hmm. But the way that he responds to romantic things is very much like Moose.
1: Zelda gives Link a pep talk. You better win this. Um, And your options are, yeah, I don't know, or us alone. Oh, because it's very important for her... That they they do the ceremony together.
2: Yes, it is. She really wants you to win. She says, I know that you've got them beat. And deep down, I think you do too. So what you're doing here is you're expressing not just your confidence in your own abilities, but the drive that you have to succeed.
1: But because she isn't talking about the results, he the third option... Us alone is really... He gets caught up in Groose's fantasy. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. He gets infected with the Groose thoughts. And it's like, if you pick that one, she's like, would you please come on just a little bit? Can you focus?
1: This is... That was how far I got in my first play session Yeah, of hero mode.
2: You spent something like four hours doing that?
1: Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things to do. Like, we didn't mention, like, Link had to get his sword and, like... Practice with it. Or and the
2: relationship that he has. Fetch with, Mia. And... The, the conversation that he has with the instructor. The thing yeah. with the cat. The conversation about fixing the gate. There's actually a lot going on here. Didn't get into the specifics of some of the rooms.
1: And this sequence is about as long as a tutorial sequence in um, Twilight Princess.
2: Define tutorial sequence because we... As a group, agreed that Twilight Princess's tutorial isn't really over until you get to Hyrule Field.
1: Oh, I don't like the the race is such a major shift in everything. Okay, that, yeah. So I think that's technically the end of the tutorializing, Crystal.
0: Yeah, I would consider the race the end of the tutorial. There's so a I lot. Guess-
2: there's a lot of people who would argue that the tutorial isn't really over until you get to Skyview Temple.
1: No, no, you have to do a lot of fighting before you get there, so... Like, the initial, you know, this is how you fight a monster and swing your sword, and so on, is this first first portion.
2: I think that a lot of people don't like the fact, or don't acknowledge the fact, that Skyward Sword isn't made up of, like, eight dungeons. It's three super dungeons, and then where the Triforce is.
1: Yes. So the, the wing ceremony starts, and there are three... Clearly, like airplane analogies with the the colored jet streams.
2: Oh yeah, it's like that uh, thing where you go by and you blow the colored smoke. The air show. You drop the chemtrails on people. <laughs> if any of our listeners subscribe to chemtrail um, conspiracy theories, I apologize sincerely for making fun of you. I what? don't. But I'm not going to stop. <laughs> I can't. Um,
1: this is where it's clear that uh, the. Only the champion of the ceremony will graduate to the next class and make them one step closer to knighthood.
2: This is basically transitioning from middle school to high school.
1: And it is also the 25th anniversary of the Academy, it's made clear here.
2: Yep. Wink wink, people. Which introduces some interesting questions about the timeline of events here and how long the knights have been around, because like Crystal says, knights are important enough that they've probably been around forever, but...
1: I guess this is a formalized process that only started 25 years ago. Uh. And the celebration uh, between the winner and the chosen girl this year, who is Zelda, uh, will take place atop the statue of the goddess. And Zelda, it's clear, crafted the gift herself. Maybe by knitting, but it does kind of look sewn. I can't decide.
2: I think we're supposed to assume that she knit it.
1: Yeah. Knitting is not a good sale. No. It is not. (laughs) <laughs> the crest on it is um, also on Capora, so... It's their family it's their crest. their family crest. So the, the mini-game here, which you don't get to play again later, uh, involves uh, you flying on your loft wing and, you know, chasing after a tiny, uh, sorry, loft wing? Or it yeah, a it's a
2: tiny wing? loft wing.
1: It's a tiny loft wing. What's
2: up with this tiny loft <laughs> wing? Holding a
1: statue. I guess there's what do you guays. Mean, what's up
2: with it? Why is it a tiny loft wing? Who's it paired with? No, it's it's a statue. No, like no, the, the, the bird carrying the statue.
1: Is it a oh. bird or is it a guay? Hold on. Can you search for that? Hey, yeah. It just occurred to me that although there are supposedly no tiny birds on Skyloft, there are definitely guays in the sky.
2: Hmm. Yeah, it's it's a golden uh, loft wing. That comes up to about Alan's shoulder.
1: Yeah. And it's got a bird statuette.
2: The
0: which... sta- statuette's tied to its leg or
2: something?
1: I can't remember where it was tied.
0: It's like a baby Loftwing.
1: <laughs> yeah. no, you show, it's really strange looking.
2: It's, just, it's like, what is it doing here? What's its purpose?
1: To fly. Uh,
2: yeah. Well, is it the only golden Loftwing?
1: Uh, I didn't note the colors. Everybody has a pretty uniquely colored Loftwing though, so it's hard to say.
2: Is this Loftwing one that only shows up for special ceremonies involving the goddess? Sure. Yeah, okay.
1: <laughs> Actually, I, I'm, personally, I feel like the, the red one may be belonging to the goddess, but that could be aside from the point. That's heavy interpretation. Yes. I'll get more on that later. Okay. <laughs> um the second part of the flight sequence because link gets really close or you get really close to catching the statue and then Groose like bumps your bird
2: can we talk about this can we talk about what happens after this what how Colin Stritch and Groose start throwing eggs at yes
1: you? <laughs> where did the eggs come from why are they ignoring you know the instructors instructions on this being a clean competition well,
2: it's clear why they're ignoring that. That's not a question. But
1: it's easy to track the eggs. They're not going to graduate at this rate.
2: What is with it this Yoshi bullshit that they're doing, throwing eggs at you?
1: Are these loft wing eggs?
2: Are they loft wing eggs? What's your word, Crystal?
0: I think they are indeed loft wing eggs. Oh no! Oh no! What do you mean, baby loft? No, they're, wings. they're not like fertilized. Oh,
1: unfertilized loft wing eggs. Okay. where
0: they get the no. Where'd they get the eggs?
2: From their birds are the birds laying them as they fly?
0: No, they 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 got them. They stored them in their in their bag. They're just carrying <laughs> around
2: baskets of loftwing eggs on the off chance that Link starts to win.
0: Right. They've been they've been planning this for months. Oh boy. Oh, they must have because I, I wonder how often loftwings lay eggs.
1: Both um Link's loftwing and Zelda's are male. Really? They were both referred as he.
2: Interesting.
1: So. Maybe Crawlin, Scritch, and Grus have girls.
2: Maybe. Anyway, it's all very <laughs> silly, and they're you throwing get eggs, eggs at... rolled
1: at you. It doesn't really matter. It's not too hard.
2: There's no way to lose you this grab sequence. This... No, there's there. no
1: way to lose the sequence. That would be a little funny.
2: The only thing they can do is delay it.
1: Um, yeah. And immediately uh, when Link grabs the statue, Zelda is so happy, she just jumps off Skyloft. And Link catches her.
2: He's like, oh, Christ. And he has to dive, like, super hard. And there's this moment where you catch her where it looks like she might be hurt. And she's like, I'm fine.
1: She really leans in.
2: She's a fucking troublemaker.
1: The romance theme plays.
2: Sure does. It's a good song.
1: They fly on over to the giant goddess statue. And there's, like, a little part that juts off or juts out. um, Just about at her chest level where they stand it's clear from close-up
2: is it it her her hands hands?
1: it may be her hands i
2: would think so i'm going
1: off of memory um it's clear up close that the goddess is wearing some sort of a headdress or veil that's like comprised of feathers
2: but she's wearing it over what is assumedly her hair
1: yes you can also see her hair underneath
2: oh that's an interesting bit of detail that is not included in later depictions of hylia
1: Well, the the statues in Breath of the Wild are so worn down, you just really can't tell. Uh They may have forgotten the bird connection by then. Maybe.
2: interesting. She's still got wings.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, she has wings on this, too. She is winged. You know, a lot of fan art of Hylia doesn't have her with wings. She needs wings.
2: A lot of fan art of Hylia involves her, like, smooching on the supposed knight that existed in the (laughs) long ago.
1: (laughs) There is such... Crystal, have you browsed for um, Hylia and Link high link fan art
0: i've not seen high link fan art
1: there is a lot out there
2: it's after the manga came out or like they included that introductory chapter at the back of the hyrule historia i think it was uh people really took to those designs yeah because that was the first like scarf link or link with cape yes and People just really love the night with the goddess as a thing. But the interesting thing here is that we're not actually sure if that's supported by the text.
1: That is very true.
0: So what, what what is the ceremony like?
1: Let's see. Let's pull up the...
0: So she she plays the theme of the goddess, and she calls upon the blessings of the goddess. Great goddess, guiding light and protector of our people, grant us your blessing and mercy as I act in your stead during this ceremony. Valiant youth who grasped victory at the celebration of the bird folk. Mm. In accordance with the old ways, I now bestow the blessings of the goddess upon you. The blessings of the goddess drift down from the heavens aloft as sail, which I now pass on to you. And then Link takes the sail and does his little da <laughs> Yes. And Zelda says, Link, quit goofing off. It's supposed to be a sacred ritual, remember? Well, uh, you remember the
2: specific part of why she tells him to quit goofing off. Oh, why is that? Because he takes a moment to say, Zelda made this by hand. And then there's a little extra tiny bit where he goes, it smells kind of nice.
1: It smells nice. Yes. <laughs> um, this very part, shoujo. Very shoujo. This part, uh, starting from the Valiant Youth part, is in gold text. So The
2: words of the goddess. It is
1: the literal words of the goddess.
2: As
0: written.
1: As written. But all of this seems very authentic. So... You know,
0: <laughs> they say that the goddess gave the sailcloth to her chosen hero long ago. Of course, the one you're holding isn't the same one. I've been working hard to finish making the sailcloth in time to give it to today's champion. I'm really glad I got to give it to you, Link. Make sure you take good care of it, okay? And then she starts getting into Link's personal space. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's really intense. She says, "Uh, thanks for making up here to do this with me today, like you promised, Link. Now, we should really finish up this ritual. You do know what happens at the end, right?
2: (laughs) And the choice being, nope, uh uh-oh, or sort of?
1: I think he doesn't really have a clue in any of these. No,
2: he he has about as much knowledge (laughs) as the player does.
1: Thinking about smooching.
2: (laughs) Completely unknowing. Oh,
1: uh, this is actually the only mention of an ancient hero, Yep. by the way, in the, the yeah. in, uh, entire game.
0: Re- in the entire game, really? Yes. This is where all of
2: that came from, this one line. Huh. <laughs> and it's interesting.
0: Uh, what's your reading of this line, Crystal? I am not sure what to make of that, then. Are you sure
1: if he doesn't mention it also? Yes. Or at least up uh-huh. to the point where I'm at... Which is um, getting the song of the hero together.
2: When you first meet her, she does actually have something to say with regards to the words that are written down in the voice of Hylia, and we can mm. either talk about that now or when we actually get to that scene.
1: That's that's we'll way later.
2: It. It, yeah, no, it's not. It's when you get the goddess sword. That's not so much. It's pretty later.
0: It will be the next episode. Jesus, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs>
1: but listeners should take note that this is the one instance
0: this is the
2: only instance and at this point it's hard to draw any conclusions about it
1: right we have a vague notion that this is a ceremony passed down from time immemorial
2: it feels like maybe a hero helped hylia fight demise
1: contrary Hmm. to the narrative introduction Hmm. but that's not so
0: after link admits he doesn't really know what happens at the end So he gets really into his personal space, like she's about to make out with him. (laughs) Then she turns him around and says, you got to jump off as as is the way of the Assassin's Creed. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yes. And it's cooler if you, you know, pull out the sail at the last moment.
2: So try to do it that way, because that's cool.
1: (laughs) This doesn't work out practically in physics at all.
2: No, no, God. There's nothing about anything with regards to how Link falls down in a way that makes any sense. Because his 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 sail works like a parachute in that it almost completely breaks his fall. Like, he stops almost totally the second that he pulls it out, no matter how close he is to the ground. Which means that instead of spreading out that force across his entire body, he's putting it into just his arms.
1: His arms must be crazy.
2: I, I mean, Ooh. like... If he's strong the silk cloth is it's blessed by the goddess. It's not just a regular cloth. <laughs> so you're saying that it's magic. Right. Zelda unknowingly knitted some magic in there.
1: Oh, awesome.
2: You know what? I'll accept
0: that. That makes enough sense for me. Yep. Because otherwise this is nonsense. <laughs> so Link lands into a bay of hail to intimidate the Templars and prove that his clan does not fear death. Yes. That mm. Is that what Altair did? Right, it's like when the Templars are like all gathered up, ready to attack the big castle in Masyaf. And Al-Mu'alim is like, whatever, man, we do not fear death, we embrace it. So I'm going to order my men to jump off the big castle into some uh, hay bales.
1: Why is there a story explanation for that?
0: You know. They only did it the one time, right? <laughs> the story explanation? right they they only did it the one time
2: in that story so crystal if you had to make a book of medora's spinoff based on elder scrolls assassin's creed or kingdom hearts which would you do assassin's creed why is that also that was really fast it would be the easiest
0: to do oh okay <laughs> that
2: makes sense
1: so zelda um
2: Link does it super good.
1: Yeah, Link does it super good, and Zelda uses her loft wing to fly on down because she doesn't have a sailcloth. She gave you
2: hers. Uh
1: And she says, You know, Link, seeing as how you want today, and with the weather being so nice, and she wants to fly around with you.
2: (laughs) She's got that real shy, like barely able to make eye contact, kind of scuffing her feet thing.
1: You think maybe you'd like to, you know go fly around the clouds together.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) And the full romance theme plays. That's good, too. And this is a confession scene.
2: It's just a confession scene where they're flying around on the clouds together out away from people. All alone, (laughs) where no one else can see them. Privacy is really easy to get in, Skyloft. You just have to jump on your magic bird and fly away.
1: And this was a magical day, and Zelda will always remember this. It was wonderful, and there's been something that she's been meaning to talk to Link about.
0: And it's, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Well, that seems like a, a great place to end the episode.
1: Yes.
2: Okay.
0: Right as Zelda and Link are about to get married. <laughs> <laughs> this the You confession mean before the,
1: the cataclysm? Yeah. Oh, okay.
2: Yeah, this is just before the big confession where Zelda says, Link, I like you.
1: Yes, and it cuts to, like, a... No, 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 like, that's
2: where... Yeah, to be continued, yeah.
1: Or commercial break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next time.
2: Next time on Skyward Sword, we're going to try to get uh, our actual weapon. (laughs) Uh, You know, we're about a fifth of the way through this video. Yeah, because so much of Skyward Sword's story takes place in cutscenes. Yeah,
0: uh... Yeah, Uh, Zelda really needs to confess to Link that she likes him, because how could he possibly know through her actions he clearly
2: doesn't is the <laughs> fucked up thing about it <laughs> and like just link l- the shoujo when you look at it he's very much also a shoujo protagonist he's a male protagonist but he's a very shojo protagonist but like when you look at it like that i also get gruce's frustration with him
1: Yeah, totally.
2: Because (laughs) Groose understands that Zelda likes Link, and it drives him crazy that Link doesn't seem to fucking get it.
0: I like that Zelda, up until this point, has just been relentlessly teasing Link. But now that she has to actually say it, she's like, oh, oh, jeez. Oh, no.
1: But I really like the thought that Link is the shoujo protagonist girl who wakes up late and has to run to school with toast in her mouth.
2: That's exactly what's going on. Yeah. Like that's just that's just him.
1: Yeah, and Zelda saves him from bullies and
2: Yeah. Oh. <laughs> what? You're not wrong.
1: Ah, oh, it's great.
2: I'm glad you think so. Where can people send us questions? You can send in questions to the podcast email,
0: BookofModora Podcast at gmail.com. That's of podcast at gmail.com Uh Let's see, how many Twitter questions we got? We got some, we got some, we got some twit quests, twit quests. Yay. Lexi asks, how much is a red rupee worth? Uh, 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 tw- <laughs> 20 rupees. Okay, follow-up question. How much is a red rupee worth? Tw-
1: 20 rupees? 20 green rupees. Okay.
0: Now, see, Lexi's, like, making a joke, because one of the things about this game that oh. many people, including me, do not care for is that... Every time you pick up a rupee, every every time for each new play session, uh, Fee will remind you how much that rupee is worth.
1: Oh, no, that was the Twilight Princess.
0: Oh, no. (laughs) Um,
1: This game will remind you what a tumbleweed is.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. And a bug. It's slightly different. Twilight Princess uh, does the rupee thing. Skyward Sword does it for its, what is it, 40 different pickup items? Oh, each bug... And each collectible. Yep. But not rupees?
1: But not rupees. They fixed the rupee problem only to, you know... Give
2: us a much worse a one. A much
1: worse version. The good thing about this game, though, is that you can stuff your extra rupees in. You Link will not just close the treasure test with the rupee back inside. Yeah. And actually, if since your um, inventory space is very limited, if you find an item out in the world... Um, and you don't have the space, it will automatically be sent to the item check.
0: Which is nice. Tem asks Is the repetitive dungeon in Hourglass of Dreams better because it gets easier? Or the repetitive imprisoned boss fight in Skyward Sword better because it gets harder?
1: Ooh. I'd say that they're both good. Both are sort of hated on by fans. Yeah. Because of the repetitiveness, but it. It's so different each time. Um, you use completely different mechanics to fight the imprisoned, and you know the different weapons and different shortcuts open up in the um, the temple of the Ocean King. So it's not doing it over again.
0: What do you think? I agree. I think both are pretty good and not as repetitive as people make them out to be. Mm. I think
2: that they are similar in that both of them have added layers of complexity every time you engage with them, and the strategies that you use in the first, second, and third imprisoning fights are completely different from each other. Even though, like, partially because your tool set evolves over the course of those, and partially because the imprison's tool set also evolves, oh. so, so they get extremely. Uh, I think one of the reasons people don't like The Imprisoned is that it's one of the boss fights in the entire series that's the easiest to lose, because you can fuck up so badly that it's impossible to win.
1: Because it's time-based.
2: It's more time-based than anything else, and it can get past a point where it's like, no, you're just not going to be able to do it. Yeah. That's a terrible feeling. It doesn't stop you at that point. It just keeps going. And that's a bit of bad design.
1: What's Well, I'll get back to what's bad design when we actually face it. All right. I've got a list.
2: I think that maybe you might be bad at fighting the imprisoned. I am. Yeah. But there's
1: a few things that they really should have addressed.
2: Yeah. Did you ever consider shooting its toes with arrows or throwing bombs at it?
1: The bombs would not work.
2: No? Why not?
1: It's moving.
2: No, I mean like... <laughs> As when, it explodes. When it's setting on its back foot. No, I mean, bombs do burst when they hit enemies. We'll get to this when we actually see the third imprisoned fight in your playthrough. But I I've fought that thing like 20 times fucking times. It's part of my muscle memory now how to kill that
0: thing. Kevin asks, "Why was it the only console Zelda that I never finished and had no desire to finish?"
1: I don't know, Kevin.
0: I can't sp- I can't <laughs> speak for you, Kevin. Yeah. We we don't know your experiences.
1: It's, you know, objectively the fifth best game
2: of all time.
1: Yeah, so you should try it out. You know, the the motion controls take some getting used to. You really do have to make very broad deliberate motions and don't flail
2: i do not agree that kevin should try it out i think that skyward sword is one of the zelda games that has to be recommended with caveats in spite Mm. of how much i love it in spite of how much i think it's a great game and if it doesn't gel with you after a certain point it's almost definitely never
0: going to
1: okay that's fine It'll be fixed in Skyward Sword of the Wild.
0: Luke asks, Why is the story so bad and boring and bad?
1: Oh, Luke.
0: (laughs) Well, Luke, I think it's probably because you have such an unrefined palate (laughs) and aren't prepared for the sophistication of this narrative.
2: I think maybe Luke would enjoy it better if it had something like four or five dozen 10 minute codec calls to get through oh <laughs> damn i mean maybe if if there was uh
0: trolls what what's what's
2: the trolls thing
0: like uh like uh, um see i'm trying to make homestuck references but i don't know anything about homestuck. oh okay maybe if link had to pull all of his fucking items
2: out of a siladex or whatever the fuck
1: Something, something chatting. What's the chatting program called? If it
2: had fucking recursive double Mobius reach around time travel bullshit. But it does. But it does. Um, Okay. um, Luke's going to ask at a later point, once we do him some terrible wrong, uh, why we are doing it. What sin did he commit to earn that vengeance? And it's going to be this.
1: That he doesn't appreciate. why are you being mean
2: to our favorite Zelda? (laughs) Yeah, Luke. Luke. What's why, up with that?
1: Why do you not like shoujo manga?
2: Why don't you like stories that are written to appeal to girls, Luke? Oh. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. I don't know, Luke. Maybe you would like it better if it had some women getting electrocuted in it?
1: Whoa. Oh. Oh, no.
2: <laughs> okay. Luke doesn't listen to this podcast, so I think that we've done enough for that one.
0: <laughs> uh,.
2: Oh, I'm never gonna let go of that thing where, uh, Kojima just loves his electro-torture. Yeah, he sure does.
1: His nylon-ripping electro-torture. Oh,
2: yeah. That fucking camera angle he always
0: uses.
1: Woo! To the inbox.
0: Luke, we love you, buddy. Mm.
1: This is Speed Racer, Luke, so... We're not just ragging on a random person who asked an innocent question.
0: Yes, we...
2: Right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah we wouldn't do that to most of our listeners but luke uh crystal's co-host on let's place he gets everything that's coming to him so let's uh, let's,
0: let's take the email okay which one are
2: we starting with crystal uh wait did we already do willow's email we did not we did not okay this is the part where i will do the talking <clears throat> hi monica cameron and crystal Leah here with a very dumb email.
1: Don't say that. Yeah. But go on.
2: Regarding the whip slash rope snake from Spirit Tracks and Mother 3, I did some digging to see if there was any staff crossover. While I could find none for those two games specifically, both series series share a writer, Akihito Toda, who has written for all three Mother titles and performed scripts to provision for Breath of the Wild. That's very cool. That's some
1: great research. I
2: didn't know that. Wow, that's way more work than we put into the damn podcast. <laughs> now, on to comparisons between Mother 3 and Spirit Tracks. It sounded as though you weren't entirely familiar with Mother 3, so I'll keep spoilers to a minimum for you and the audience's sake. Both games feature a whip-like snake or a snake-like whip, survivors of a post-apocalyptic world settling down on a new island continent, A great being sealed beneath the island, held in place by tracks or needles. Some good-ass music that plays when riding trains.
1: I forgot that the nails thing.
2: Ah, There's one of those that I might actually clip out of here. We'll see. Um, Just to be very clear, I'm intimately familiar with Mother 3. (laughs) It's a good game.
1: Clip out for spoilers? or Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: I'm very excited for the episode about the animated series. While I didn't get to experience the show in its prime, good, I discovered it when a local channel played reruns of the Super Mario Bros. Super Show before we left for school in 1999, keeping true to playing Zelda on Fridays. Bad. Being in my post-Ocarina Zelda mania, I was amazed that there was a cartoon about my favorite series. Look, I just thought it was neat seeing Link animated. I had dreams of a Zelda anime on Toonami and this is the best I got. Oh, didn't we all have that dream?
1: I I can't imagine is would it be more shocking to come from the original Legend of Zelda Zelda series and see the cartoon or Ocarina of Time and then the cartoon. Oh. With the portrayal of Link and Zelda, I mean.
2: I gotta think the coming off of Ocarina of Time is a much bigger leap Total to make.
1: whiplash.
0: Holy shit. What about you, Crystal? Definitely Ocarina of Time, <laughs> which is a game that has a good story, is a bigger whiplash. Yeah.
2: Keeping in the tradition of this podcast's very sound timeline theories, I present to you this idea. The Zelda cartoon is canon. Oh no! It takes place in the pre-Hyrule fantasy era, showing Hyrule starting its decline after the death of the good king spoken of in Zelda 2. For all we know, King Harkinian may be the grown-up prince mentioned in Zelda 2's backstory. Oh my fucking god. This former prince cares about his daughter so much due to the grief he has for his sleeping sister. He knows that Hyrule is entering his decline, which is why he wants Link to get that kiss so badly from Zelda. He is terrified of his father's kingdom fading away. However, this prince-turned-king does not have the power of the whole Triforce to fall back on like his father did. In the episode Fairies in the Spring, he details his plans for a water park for the citizens Hyrule to use. While a noble idea, projects like this will eventually lead to the poor, impoverished kingdom seen at the end of the Downfall (laughs) timeline.
1: Oh my goodness.
2: As mentioned in the Zelda 2 backstory, the prince did not inherit the full Triforce, reinforced by Ganon's possession of the Triforce of Power in this series.
0: Much like Breath of okay. the Wild, the Zelda.
1: <laughs> You've decided.
2: Yeah,
0: I'm. I'm. I'm into this. Oh, oh my gosh. boy.
1: Uh, may I say, this is some stellar like research into the cartoon.
2: <laughs> this is someone who does know the cartoon.
1: Wow, Leah, I'm impressed.
2: Better than us. Much better. I do still prefer my reading of the cartoon,
1: though. Oh, dear.
2: Much like Breath of the Wild, the Zelda cartoon shows a hero who will eventually fall to Ganon. This is a Link who only manages to keep Ganon at bay, relying on his sword beams and never recovering the Triforce of Power from
0: Ganon, who will use
2: it to eventually lead a successful attack. I guess I'm in a certain amount of wow. sense. Wow. <clears throat>
0: I, I think this does actually make more sense than it being between Zelda 1 and 2.
1: Yes. Yeah, I,
0: could, I, I feel that i do feel that okay it's canon no 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 no. <laughs> why not no why not why not it's
2: not because i still think that my read of it makes the most sense of all
1: <laughs> i if we're gonna place the cartoon somewhere on the timeline oh then no i agree that it would go pre
2: zelda 2 yeah pre zelda 2 backstory right but that would be after link to the somewhere between link to the past and the original zelda
1: but i don't think it should be placed on the timeline okay please no but thank you
2: with that very good theory out of the way how do you feel about the oracle games
0: now taking place before link's awakening i you know what i am irrationally frustrated that that like news came up again recently as new news because the encyclopedia came out in english even though we've actually known it for quite some time because it came out in Japan for a a while ago.
1: But it it always seemed very clear to me that the Oracle games were intended to be, you know, right before Link's Awakening. Link sails off into the distance and there are giant storm clouds, specifically in the shape of like a Thunderhead or Anvil cloud or whatever.
2: Wait a second. I thought that they had decided in the encyclopedia that the Oracle games took place after Link's Awakening.
0: Right, that's, yeah, 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 that's, that, oh, that's boy. what the new encyclopedia does. Oh, okay, um, it's very silly, it doesn't make a lot of
2: sense, and the assumption here that that is true because it's written in the encyclopedia runs counter to the entire idea of this podcast.
1: Yeah, and, and sorry, it's contrary to what is depicted in the games, where in the end of the oracles, Link is sailing into a freaking storm cloud.
0: Yeah. Yeah right this this only serves to support our votes of no confidence for the official timeline yeah
2: this is a good illustration of why relying on nintendo for the official timeline is you know if you don't want to engage in the transformative and curative work of making up your own timeline that's fine But there are definitely better ways to interpret the spaces between the games than the ones laid out in the encyclopedia and the Historia.
1: The release of the second timeline really was good, though, because it it drove home that you shouldn't rely on these second... What do you call them?
2: These uh, secondary sources?
1: Yeah, secondary sources.
2: I think the idea of Majora's Mask being... A product of Skull Kid's imagination, like that whole setting just being like a dream that he had, shook a lot of people's faith in the timeline.
1: Yes, good
0: as it should. Well, it's time for some lore corrections. Oh boy! Lastly, who's up for some lore corrections? This is going by the incredibly canon Zelda Encyclopedia, which surely is never wrong and will never be changed. <laughs> Kokiri are not spirits, naturally the forest. But are Hylians who distanced themselves during the early years of high rule, preferring to live harmoniously with nature. We talked about this a little bit ago, you and I. Mm-hmm. It's, I think it's fine. I don't.
1: No, I mean they're they're Koroks.
2: Yeah, that just means that Koroks must be evolved from Hylians too.
1: That makes no sense. I'm sorry. And I think there's actually a part in one of the games where they're called forest spirits.
0: Yes. Oh, I'm not saying they're not. Forest spirits, but that that is that is a shape that humans have uh come to take on after centuries of living with the Deku tree. So like <laughs> say, for example, helia chose some people to take the Skyloft, and also the Deku Tree also took in some people who became forest spirits. Hmm. Hmm. Deku Tree's not in this game. No, sure ain't.
1: <sighs> Isn't that interesting? No talking tree. It is
0: interesting, especially since there
2: is a very large tree. There is a
1: large tree. There's an
2: extremely large tree. Is this just before the time of the Deku Tree?
1: Maybe it's dead.
2: This could be a period in which it's dead, having spent its power trying to stop demise.
1: And then trying to repair the world after.
2: Yeah. yeah we'll that, get
1: to that later. That would
2: make a certain amount of... Oh, is that something that comes up?
1: Yeah, um, I didn't specifically note it, but I think it occurred to me around this time
2: Did as well. So you did note it, though?
1: I, I did not note it. Oh, okay. But I will. But I it, the thought occurred to me. I think about at the same time as you. Okay. Okay. Next next lore correction from the absolutely correct Zelda Encyclopedia.
0: Outset Island is not within Old High borders, and the encyclopedia suggests it is in the same location as Ordon Village.
2: To be very clear, the encyclopedia also. Su- oh nope, that's actually the next point. Never mind. I. Mm. Okay, yep. Geography <laughs> with the forbidden subject. Why would they even bother with geography? I don't know. It's just the forbidden science. It's just that uh, I think they want to address everything so that it comes across as being more authoritative.
0: Well, it's like both this and the Kokiri thing. Like, I don't mind it, but I don't feel like it adds a lot. No, it doesn't. And it's especially
2: weird because it's not based in any of the text.
1: I think they just wanted to put in some fascinating, never-before-revealed information. The
2: thing is that this is more transformative, more given to leaps in understanding than anything that we've ever talked about seriously on this podcast. No part of our actual timeline involves as much of a jump as going, the Kokiri are Hylians. Yeah. Like, people talk goofy about fan-made timelines because there are two steps removed from fan fiction this is hard fan fiction this is fan fiction as fan fiction gets and that's not to take away from it but it's not
0: based in the text of the games it's just an idea that they had i'm sorry i got too heated uh, speaking of Death Mountain, Zelda 1 takes place- Oh, sorry, no. Dragon Roost Island is Zora's domain rather than Death Mountain. I guess Death Mountain wasn't tall enough to survive the floods? Desp- Fucking bullshit! Despite being- Yeah, that, that, that makes no sense. That's, Come on. That's horse crap.
1: Despite being the tallest mountain in Hyrule, it's like, repeated everywhere. Yeah,
2: it's always- it's, Yeah, the Zora used to live in Zora's domain, and now they live- on dragon roost island that doesn't fucking mean that dragon roost island is zora's domain zora's domain was not a volcano (laughs) it wasn't even a mountain
0: it seems clear to me that dragon roost would be death mountain and windfall would be kakariko
2: yes they are very clear neighbors uh and they hold the exact same role in the story
0: so it only makes sense God, uh, to, to fucking geography, I'm telling you. Speaking of Death Mountain, Zelda 1 takes place in the northeast corner of A Link to the Past.
1: Well, I mean, like... There I- are some fans who have, like, transposed the maps about. Like, the map of Zelda 1 taking place in a small corner of Zelda
2: 2. Oh, yeah, that's, that's actually, like, just on the map That's like the one part of geography that this podcast fucks with, is going like, oh yeah, they meant for Zelda 2 to have Zelda 1's location inside of it.
1: I don't know about this, though, but okay, Encyclopedia.
2: Well, I mean, you do go up Death Mountain in Link to the Past, that's true, but... This whole idea that Zelda 1 takes place in that little corner of Link to the Past is only as true as Zelda 1 taking place in one area of Ocarina of Time or in the Elden region in Twilight Princess. Like Those are all true, but it's not really meaningful information. It doesn't help you understand the space any better or the way that they all relate to each other.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I don't, <laughs> oh boy, this I last point. <laughs> a link to the past a Link to the Past initially had Link receiving a rosary and learning a prayer action, explaining Cameron's favorite piece of art of Link praying in front of a crucifix. Link is such a good little Christian boy.
2: I'm really glad that we're finally on the skyward sword episode so I can finally talk about the goddamned cross.
1: <laughs> Just gonna get this out right not,
2: now. Not no, not on this episode, but soon. Yeah, Link was going to learn prayer at the sanctuary. That was going to be a thing. It was going to be using that Christian magic. It just didn't end up actually being that in the game.
1: Oh, thank goodness.
2: Yeah, it would have been very Vampire Hunter D, I guess.
1: If you chose to read this very long and very terrible email on the show, thank you very much, and I look forward to the Skyward Sword saga of episodes. Despite me not enjoying that game, I'm very interested in what you all have to say about it. Take care, Leah.
2: Thank you, Leah.
1: Oh, Leah, you're Thank too you, modest. Leah. That was a very
2: good email. Yeah. yeah, it was. It's a very good email that hurt a lot. <laughs> which I guess is probably what you meant by very terrible. Because it was, in some ways, terrible to experience. Um, I hope that you're looking forward to what we have to say about Skyward Sword. Because you're going to be dealing with that for like two months. But, you know, it's fun. We all have fun here. We all have fun reading things where it's like, oh, They should let me and you, and you write the Zelda Timeline.
0: Yeah, hire us, Reggie. Hire us, Reggie.
2: <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll be the consultants for Alnima. We just need Reggie to give us some cash first.
0: Collie here from Canada's Hyrule Field. Oh.
1: Ooh. Which one is that? Was... <laughs> Sorry. I don't know what is it is.
2: Kali has mentioned where they're from before. Oh,
1: yes, but I was just trying to think of it in equivalent terms.
0: Y'all got great, great Plains, right? Yes. Okay, it's probably that. <laughs> Was steam power reverse-engineered from Linebeck's ship? If so, would Hyruleans stay medieval if it weren't for that one ship and the pre-existing infrastructure of the spirit tracks? And is this going to lead to an industrial revolution in New Hyrule? I'll stop myself before I follow this thread too far, but instead, I'm wondering your opinion on the connection between the Ocean King and the Windfish. or the idea that Phantom Hourglass takes place in a flooded Termina, I can guess that you would all consider that kind of a dumb idea, but if I remember correctly, it had some followers back respect then. Anyway, I couldn't think of much of anything regarding these games that you haven't already mentioned, other than that one time, long ago, I tried cosplaying as Chancellor Cole with two cardboard hats on a hairband. Awesome! That's very strong as cos- is good. cosplay goes. Yeah. I like the idea that linebeck ship triggered an industrial <laughs> revolution.
1: Well, here's the thing... Um, in Skyward Sword, the earliest place on the timeline, um, if you recall, Beetle has a flying, pedaled
2: ship that runs on an electric generator.
1: Yes, I was getting to that. Yeah, there is a generator of sorts, and what definitely looks like a light up computer thing inside. So technology is very weird in this series.
2: Well, Kali is right that most of what we see in Hyrule are sailboats. Mm -hmm. There are the treasure hauling boats with the diver guys that don't do any diving. Do those boats have steam engines? I don't remember them having sails.
1: What, the submarines?
2: No, not the submarines. Like the little... Diving boats. Aren't
1: they submarines? No.
2: The submarines are a thing, a different thing. There's always monsters in submarines. Also, they have submarines. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I could buy the trains all being reverse engineered from Linebeck's ship.
1: That's cute. But the the Locomo also have little steam components on their little wheelchairs. And
2: they also, the Locomo may well have taught them how to make trains, come to think of it. Yeah. And it's just like Linebeck's ship is a useful point of reference for how it's supposed to work. They did definitely have a spirit train. What's your take, Crystal? Yeah, I'm into it. <laughs> what about the connection between the Ocean King and the windfish? Fish? Uh, they're both whales. They are both whales, and they both are very powerful godlike guardian deities. Leviathans, if you will. But they are definitely separate beings, I think. Oh, for sure. We do find both their corpses in Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. Oh, dear. And we're going to talk about that when we get to it, because it makes Breath of the Wild much larger in scale and more fucked up than we realized back when we did that episode.
0: Yeah, no, they're just they're just separate. Maybe they're cousins. You know. They could both be, like, they're both spirits of good, as it were.
2: Sure. What about the idea that Phantom Hourglass takes place in a flooded Termina? Nah.
1: Wow. <laughs> I don't think I've heard that one before.
2: I genuinely haven't either, but I get where it's coming from because they are both alternate realities. Mm.
0: No, I I, I think they're completely separate realms. That makes sense. D- there's, there's nothing particularly Terminian about the world of the Ocean King.
2: You know, come to think of it, I don't think you've ever actually uh, commented much on how the encyclopedia puts forth that Termina is a dream of the Skull Kid. Sucks. Okay. <laughs> cool. It's a bad idea. It wasn't good, by any means. No. Let's see. What we got?
1: Um, let's see. This is from Maurice. Hello. I was listening to y'all's Spirit Tracks episode and wanted to point out that the winged crest that appears in the game doesn't depict a Triforce, but rather a force gem. I feel it's an important thematic distinction to differentiate how the spirits operate versus the Hyrule Gods. Also, I find it pretty interesting how this era's Zelda's inherent power is attributed more to the spirits than Hylia, which would either lend more credence to Minishkap's Cap's origin for her light force and or imply that this Zelda's power was granted by the force of this new land after her original power was drained by Vati. What are y'all's thoughts about this? Hmm... I think in Spirit Tracks, there is a comment that... Zelda has particularly strong force. And there's this what? You're frowning.
2: I think that might just be Phantom Hourglass, not Spirit oh. Tracks. I did just play Spirit Tracks and I'm not sure, but I don't think that line is on Okay.
1: Next that. that then. I think in Spirit Tracks there's a line about how what's essential for Bellum to break out is
2: Maladus. You're talking know. about Spirit Tracks.
1: Gosh darn it. Okay, next that
2: I'm not cutting any of this.
1: <laughs> it's essential for Maladus Is um, blood someone from the bloodline of Old Hyrule?
2: Uh, that is a line.
1: The royal Old Hyrule. Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you. After three attempts, I've hit upon it. So, I don't think it was power granted by the land. There was something special about Zelda even before Tetral landed
2: what's your take crystal
0: yeah no. helia has a pretty it's pretty powerful spirit of good has a good force gem in her oh we, yes
2: we, we did talk about the difference compa- between the two crests right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay i just wanted to be sure because i started to doubt myself and i listened to that episode like four times while i was editing it
1: it's definitely a force gem about 100 force gems worth
0: god <laughs> i remember that line I'm not sure there is a meaningful distinction between the Force Gems and the Triforce. Oh. How do you mean? I think the Triforce is three really big Force Gems.
1: (laughs) But no, Crystal.
2: This is something that hasn't been gotten into on the podcast itself, Crystal. So I guess we might as well put it out there now. Are you suggesting that the power to rewrite reality is something that anything could do if they acquired enough, uh, we'll call it energy. Yes, that is how
0: energy works. (laughs) To rewrite reality. Uh Uh-huh, why not? Okay, so... Would, Would you say there is a... Would you go with Maurice's idea that there is a qualitative difference between the divine power of the old gods and the force gems of the spirits of good? You know,
2: I'm not really sure, to be perfectly honest. I'm not sure what we see in the text that could indicate it one way or another. I guess probably the easiest way for me to frame this in a way that our listeners will get instantly is for me to ask, if the Triforce was not in its way, could the Calamity Ganon rewrite the universe?
0: Absolutely.
2: Ah. So, the cosmology of the Legend of Zelda series is
0: very malleable. Yes? Haven't you seen how often the world changes? That's true.
1: Force gems are, you know, six sided with like the pointy bits in the center of the triangle.
2: Are they six sided? Yes. Oh, okay.
1: And and triforce pieces clearly are, are just solid triangles that are flat on the triangle face.
2: <laughs> not in
0: Ocarina of Time they're not. And not in Wind Waker. Obviously, they're similar enough that in the era before the Hyrule Fantasy, the royal family mistook a pair of particularly powerful force gems for pieces of the Triforce. I'm never
2: going to be able to get over this shitposting live on air thing where you talk about the cartoon as if it's
0: real. They have force gems in the cartoon.
1: That's, that's what I'm talking about, Cam. They're flat triangles.
0: They're not flat, though. They have depth.
1: Well, no, I'm the triangle side. They're not pointed. What? The force gems are pointed on the triangles. <laughs> like Right, this.
0: they're like, they're polyhedral.
2: Oh, you're saying that they don't have a flat plane opposite the point for force gems? Yes. Okay. Thank you. So you're saying that the force gems are not triangles? <laughs> yes. Okay.
1: It's therefore not triforces.
2: I don't know that. Th- <laughs> <laughs> Engaging with the idea of whether or not there is a qualitative difference between the Force Gems versus the Triforce and instead perhaps the difference between them is quantitative where the Triforce is just really fucking huge is an interesting one, but I don't know if we have... Would you quit messing with things? I just don't know if we have the textual basis to necessarily compare them in that way. We've never seen Force Gems do more than power up the four swords and power the spirit tracks they are clear sources of energy but the triforce itself is never portrayed as being a source of energy now what do you think the minish cap is powered by i don't know not a clue gratitude crystals (laughs) gratitude crystals are just light force are they yeah they're, they're the same thing as force gems they are literally condensed gratitude Right. Are Force Gems condensed gratitude? Well, they're life energy. Because gratitude crystals seem to be a separate thing. Okay.
1: In Spirit Tracks, some people are so grateful they give you and spawn Force Gems.
2: Some people are aware that they're doing it and some aren't. Like, some give it to you and some just make them like, poop. there they are. (laughs) Because kids... Just seem to spontaneously generate them without realizing they're doing it, but adults will say, well, here you go, and they'll give you a force gem like they pull it out of their pocket?
0: When Zelda makes the wish with the mesh cap, she, she powers the wish using her light force. Mm. The power of Hylia, in theory. Right. So the, the Triforce is... If there is a, a qualitative difference, perhaps it is that it is not only uh, a big battery, but is also a device powered by that big battery is this
2: this is the exact same thing as the theory that was talked about on the minish cap episode where it was put forth that the combination
0: of the minish cap and the light force created the triforce i'm not saying it created the triforce i think it would it might create a device similar to the triforce i see I think the Triforce was already extant at that period. Mm -hmm. I think I can
2: understand that. I don't know that I necessarily agree with it for reasons that we'll get into a little bit in Skyward Sword and a little bit more in Link Between Worlds. Okay, okay. Yeah, Low Rule does, uh... hmm. Yeah, Low Rule (laughs) introduces some very interesting questions. That's going to be the first question we have to address in the Link Between Worlds episode. What the fuck is Low Rule? (laughs) <laughs> but we'll get to it. It's
0: the shadow of Hyrule.
2: Mm.
1: The lower rule. Don't. <laughs> One day we'll be at mid-rule. Uh,
0: oh. Well, mid-rule's where the demons come from, right?
2: Uh. Oh, oh. Both of you.
0: Or maybe it's like, I- if you dig under Hyrule, you get to Termina. You dig under Termina, you get to low-rule. <laughs> yeah, because they all exist in physical. Right, because Termina is, is the, the terminus between them. The, the grand station terminal. Is that what terminus means? Well, maybe. Hold on.
1: <laughs> you have to search. The end of
0: a railroad or other transportation route or a station that's at your point, a terminal.
2: So
1: So you ride the spirit tracks to Termina.
2: Oh. Uh, <laughs> oh. Is okay. that our
1: joke for the day?
2: I think that would actually qualify
0: if Crystal wanted to go for it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you, you're you going to need to, like, use a different format, I think.
2: Oh, how would, how would you do it?
0: Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Because am not sure. I'm not sure.
2: Is it
1: the, what's the deal with air airplane food? Airline food? What's the deal with all these rule kingdoms? No? No. Oh. No. When are we getting to mid-rule?
2: No. No? Stop it. Stop trying to make this happen. <laughs> what song should I end this episode with? the romance song yeah it's pretty much got to be the romance song right mm-hmm. it's really good i'm going to see if i can try to find the uh version of it that has the drums in it i don't know if i have an mp3 of that but it's very good
1: is that it for the day
0: yeah we're gonna be able to find you online cameron you can find me on twitter at cam writer you can find me on twitter at arcane crystal you can find me on the let's Plays podcast at audioentropy.com where we scientifically and objectively rank every video game according to quality. You find me on MCU Complete Me, the podcast where we watch all the Marvel movies and we decide if they're good or if they're bad. And you give me some money at patreon.com slash arcane crystal. I hear that you and Luke decided that Winter Soldier was bad. Oh, uh, we get, yeah. It's not a great film. I gave a C plus. Mm. Wow. That'll be interesting to listen to. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, wait, is it out now? No, it's not. Yes, it is. Yes, it's out right now as of the time of this episode. Of this episode going up. Yeah, also at the time of right now when we're recording. Oh, okay. Hold on. can to look up a Zelda joke. Oh, de- cuz I don't think that terminal <coughs> one's going to oh. work. Oh. 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 I tell you what. Listen,
2: sitting here talking about Skyward Sword and then waiting for Crystal to Google another Zelda joke. This shit's for the birds. <laughs>
1: Yeah.
0: There it is. Woo. That was hard. Yay. Okay. See you all next week for Skyward Sword Part 2 of 5. Yeah. <laughs> Bye everybody.
1: Bye.